0: Can we just worship the Lord one more time before we get into the Word? Lord, we thank you tonight for this beautiful opportunity to come into the presence of God. Lord, we feel your presence here already, God. We're here to entertain this presence. We're here to open our hearts to you today, God. Lord, as the Word of the Lord would come forth tonight, I pray, bring revelation, God. Revelation with understanding in the name of Jesus. We've got to know who you are, Lord God, as we walk with you and talk with you and have fellowship with you, Lord God. We just long for more, God. We're hungry, God. We're desirous of the things of God in that wonderful name of Jesus. We love you. We thank you tonight. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. That was awesome tonight with the worship. It's called growth. I might, I'm not trying to embarrass anybody, but I'm just trying to show you something. I can remember two and a half, almost three years ago when I came here, Brother Ethan was a little nervous on that keyboard. <laughs> but I watched him mature in that, I watched him become comfortable with it, I watched him begin to flow. That's how serving God is. You, you step into places of ministry for all of us. It's a little awkward. It's, it's different. It, it is something that we have to have a relationship with God where his spirit takes over once we begin to play or sing or whatever that ministry teaching, whatever it may be. Uh, and again, this is a spiritual kingdom. This is not about man and man's wisdom and man's understanding, but it has to be the Spirit of God. I want to teach tonight on a subject dealing with who God is because I think it's important. As Elder Hart has been teaching on being aware of the presence of God and who you are around and how that God Maybe wanting to touch them, and it would be through you it 'd be grocery store i 've just been having a time of my life lately because it just God has put people in my path all over and uh and, and it's been exciting but this is what I hear when i 'm witnessing to them or praying with them and, and they 're talking about God they 'll say, you know god's been so good, and his son and then and then they 'll kind of go other directions, and so what that tells me is There's a lot of confusion. They really don't know who he is. So what they're doing, they're just trying to get everything into one or somehow throw it all together. Hope it all comes out okay. God wants you to know who he is. He knows who you are and he knows where you're at and he knows what you're going through. But if I don't really get to know him now, not about him. Millions know about him, but still don't know him. There is a difference when I can know him now why I feel in my personal walk with God, why it is so important to know him and walk with him and know who he is. Because when I pray, there's power and authority because I know when I pray in the name of Jesus Christ of now, it is almighty God. And I don't have to worry about that I include the others or, or is there others to be included? No, no, I know who he is. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord and thou shalt worship the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. When you and I know him and we're walking with him and we're filled with the Holy Ghost. If you're here tonight and you do not have the baptism of the Holy Ghost speak in other tongues, I want to encourage you. Get in your Bible. Start writing down scriptures on receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost and go over those. And I challenge you to come to church Sunday and see if God wouldn't fill you with the Holy Ghost. My wife and I were one in a home Bible study that wasn't a church yet. And that home Bible study turned into the church in Monroe. And I remember my wife and, you know, I, I've never opened a Bible till I come to God at 24. I didn't know false doctrine. I didn't know any doctrine. <laughs> I didn't know anything. But she got in and she wrote down about 10 or 15 verses. And when she went to work, she read them. 10 o'clock break, lunchtime. That Sunday night in church, nobody had ever received the Holy Ghost yet. This is home mission. This is the the birthing space of it. And my wife, her sister and sister-in-law were all in the altar. And uh, my wife got it first. God filled her that night with the Holy Ghost. After taking those verses, going over them, God, your word says, and I want this Holy Ghost and fire in me. She got it. Her sister looked at her and said, You're speaking in tongues. Then she began to worship, and she got the Holy Ghost. And then the sister-in-law got the Holy Ghost. So that night, three of them received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So uh, again, you gotta come with faith. You gotta come believing. This is this is what I look at. This is how I look at my walk with God. If He has more for me, I want it. If God has more for you tonight, would you be willing to receive it? Could you accept that? I want to bring revelation. I want to bring understanding. I want you to see who I am. Now, let's go to uh, 1 Corinthians 14 and 33. This is where I want to start tonight because I want to show you where confusion comes from. Confusion is not of God. So when people are struggling to try to figure out who God is, and who do I pray to, and who do I believe in, and, and what do I do. The scripture clarifies everything. So notice this, for God is not the author of confusion. Anytime in your life, you start dealing with confusion. Oh, I don't know what to do. How do I do? You better start binding spirits in the name of Jesus, because what you're dealing with is not of God. Okay? Because I've had people come to me, I'm just so confused. Well, we better bind that spirit because that's not the will of God. God doesn't move in that realm. God is a God of clarity. Yes. He clearly tells us in His Word, you must be born again of the water and of the Spirit. Clarity, Aiden tells us exactly. Then He tells us how to do that and what He expects of us when we do that. And so we become obedient. To what he is asking us to do. Okay. So let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 6. And I want to read verses 1 through 8. And uh, just give us a little time in getting this going. Um, I am actually going to pick up on a lot of verses. uh, That brother Azario taught on a couple of months ago. I believe it was. uh, When he taught on this subject. Uh, But it is powerful. Now this. These set of verses we're going to read. You'd be amazed how many different groups out there call this their fundamental. They don't truly believe it, but they will tell you that is the foundation of their belief. Now, these are the commandments, statutes, and judgments which the Lord commanded to teach you, that you might do them in the land whether you go to possess it. And just a little history, they're going to go into the promised land that God had promised, and there's going to be battles, and there's going to be a lot of stuff happening. But there's a ton of false doctrine. They worship many, many gods. So God wanted clarity in their life. No confusion. God wanted clarity. I, I-, I want you to teach this day and night, lunchtime. I don't care where you're at. We're going we're gonna to put this everywhere so that we know what we believe. It becomes important. Um. I have dealt with ministry before of other faiths, and it is interesting because they don't know what they believe. I've asked them, how do you know you're saved? Well, I don't. Oh, really? You're preaching the gospel, and you don't even know if you're saved. Is there anything wrong with this picture? Does this... I want to know that I'm saved. And the scripture gives me clear direction for that. I'm talking about clarity tonight. I'm talking about knowing him and and walking with him and having fellowship with him. And, And he has fellowship with me. He speaks to me. He talks to me. He leads me. He guides me. He blesses my life. He overshadows our lives. Bishop preached a message. I'm going to guess a year ago maybe. But what he talked about and it was on a Thursday night here, of only heaven will reveal what God has kept you from. What the devil may have tried to trip you up or send people in your path or car accidents and on and on. That, that had just registered so much with me that I thank the Lord for what he keeps me from. Because I could just walk into the wall, you know what I mean? Thank God you moved the wall for me or got me around the wall but. But see, in that relationship with God, see, he's keeping me from things. He's helping me. The Lord's on my side. He's not against me tonight. And we have to understand, this this is why if you're here tonight and you beat yourself up, you're not in the will of God. God did not come to condemn the world, so you can't be condemning yourself. But I made a mistake, and I've done tragic things. That's why you were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin, that all of that could be washed away, and you would come up in newness of life. You can't go back and pick up that old stuff. you got to understand, God gave me clarity. I'm a new person in Christ Jesus, and that's what I'm walking in. Now, I've had people come to me, I remember when you, I'm sure you do. That God has forgiven me, and I have accepted it. I have received it. His word gives that to me. You, you have to realize. See, what you're worried about is, well, I'm not worthy. Well, congratulations, none of us are. None of us done anything to be worthy of the grace of God. That's why it's called grace. But because I receive the grace of God, I can walk in the new newness of life and and, in joy and in peace and in happiness. I I can have the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. I can have fire burning in my soul that I want to witness. I want to teach a Bible study. I want to lay hands on people. I want to do something for God. You ever ask yourself, and we got to get on this subject, but have you ever asked yourself the question, why did God save me? Why did He go through all the trouble of dying on that old rugged cross for you and I? Now, honestly, I have asked God, are you sure? Dealing with me. But see, he chose you. You're not here because you got up one day and said, you know, I think I'm going to go to and go to church. Now, you may have thought that, but I want you to know the spirit of God drew you. And God had a plan for your life, and he orchestrated it, whether witnessing somebody, you saw that sign out there. It doesn't matter how you got here, but it was God who said, I want a relationship with you. When I created you in your mother's womb, I gave you giftings. And in those giftings, they can't be developed without relationship. So I'm calling you to a place where you can be born again of the water and the spirit. And a relationship can begin to develop. And out of that relationship, ministry would come forth. And God takes the most unlikely at times and uses them. You, you, uh, Bishop and I had this talk. And we both come to the conclusion is it's really not about how qualified somebody is. I I don't care what subjects you want to talk about. Because you can be qualified but never available. You can be qualified but arrogant. You can be qualified and never around. But it's not about being qualified. It's are you available for God to use you on your job, in a grocery store, uh, in, in a home Bible study. Where where are you at? Are you available? You, do you say, God, uh, I'm coming, I'm available. If you want to use me today, uh, I'm ready. Uh, I'm going to wait on you. I'm not going to force a door open. I'm not going to be, you know, just causing problems. But, God, if you would give me that chance, I would do it. It didn't take me any time at all in my new convert stage to realize that, the ministry of music wasn't for me. (laughs) I can wreck a choir. I've done it. (laughs) I got the track record to prove it. (laughs) I can't play a musical instrument. It's not my gifting. That's why I'm thankful for those who can. I'm not jealous about those that can. I'm thankful because, God, if it was left up to me, everybody would leave in song service, and they'd come back for the preaching. But because it is your gifting. Now every gifting has to be worked on. You gotta train, you gotta practice, you gotta do whatever that gifting is calling you to become. And, and you develop that. And and I don't know a greater joy than serving God. Many of us tonight have come from the world into the church. And we understand one thing tonight, very clear. There's nothing out there for me. It's all in here. It's all in this walk with God. It's all in this newfound joy and peace that I never had before. The devil will lie to you, and he's going to tell you, you're missing something out there, but I promise you, you're not. I run a drug program for 20 years, taught in a county jail 20 years, built a couple churches out of that crowd of people. And I would watch people come in and be born again of the water and spirit. And within two to three months, six months down the road, the devil would start saying, Man, look what you're missing. Man, you're missing all those parties. You're missing all those drugs. You're missing all that. And many of them relapsed. And God was so kind that he let me be there at times to pick up the pieces. And I would always ask them, Was it what you thought it would be? No. He's a liar. He is a liar. He's trying to trip you up. You've got to realize, I'm going to stay in the church. I'm going to serve God. I may get discouraged, but there's a place I can come and get encouraged. Uh, I I may be going through some things, but you've got to understand, you're going to go through things in the world. Come on. How do you think you got in here? Because you were going through something out there that wasn't any fun, and you didn't want to deal with it anymore. But God had mercy, and he reached to me and you, and he brought us in. Whatever God is calling you to do, do it. Start developing it. It may not be public, but you got to start somewhere. She didn't start practicing here in her home. We start studying in our home, and God will open the door when I'm ready, when I put forth that time and fellowship and relationship with him, and it begins to come forward. Now, Doctrine is important. Doctrine just means teaching. Everybody say teaching. Because you're going to run across people who say, I don't want to go to a church that teaches doctrine. Now, that, I got to scratch my head on that one. Well, what do you want them to do then? They don't want no teaching? Because doctrine's teaching. So you, you don't want to go to a church that has no teaching? Well, how are you going to grow? How are you going to become what God wants you to be? How are you going to know what thus saith the Lord if there's no doctrine, if there's no teaching, there's no word? You've got to stay in here. I I have worked with people that I have witnessed to that have cell groups. and, And what they do is they'll take a verse or a story. And they read it, and if there's 10 people in the room, they all 10 go around the room of all 10 people. Everybody gives their opinion, and they go home. What if they were all 10 wrong? (laughs) Because nobody got in the word. See, Scripture will interpret itself. So it's not about my opinion about this parable or my opinion about what this should say or how do you relate to this. or whatever. No, no, no. God, you tell me. You're the potter and I'm the clay. You're shaping and molding me. I'm not here to tell you, but you are here to tell me areas of my life I need to work on. I need to change or God give me greater understanding in the word. It, there is there is a daily submission to God. Submit yourselves, therefore, unto God. There's I believe there's got to come every day in prayer. God, I'm here to submit myself to what do you want for me today? What do I need to work on today? Am I prideful? Am I arrogant? Am I rude? Am I what? whatever it is, God? Do, do, do I need more compassion? God, talk to me. What do I need? See, if I don't submit myself, then I'm running my own life. I'll get up and go do what I want to do. I'll talk to people how I want to talk to. I'll treat people how I want to talk to. And they just say, well, I ain't going to church with you. Because they couldn't see any Christ likeness in the language, in the attitude, or in my spirit. You've got to realize, we, you're the only Bible somebody may read. Your language. How you talk to people, how you treat people, uh, how you behave, and how you act may be the only Jesus they can see that will bring them in. I remember a man in my church in Oregon one time made a statement. He said, because I was teaching on being witnesses, because we are, we're a witness. And uh, he said, I don't want to be a witness. I don't want anybody looking at me. I said, Too late. (laughs) You've been born again. Too late. You've got to care about what you do and what you say and how you behave because people are watching that language and, and what we're doing. To, are we glorifying God or are we making a mockery of it? At All Safe Storage, there was a guy that came in and he had words with the owner's daughter and it was a little rough to say the least and he was cussing her and everything and And I worked there at the time and I wasn't there when that happened, but I met him and and I just struck up a conversation with him one day. Got to talking, of course, the door opened. I began to witness to him and share. Now, you got to realize this guy, every other word is a cuss word, okay? When I shared with him that I was a Christian, you know what he said? Well, praise the Lord, brother! Are we serving the same Jesus? (laughs) See, because I talked like you before I got in church. (laughs) But when I got in church, the Holy Ghost began to do some things in my life. And I cleaned my language up. And I don't talk to people that way. And I don't treat people that way anymore. See, in John 14, 26, when God gives you the Holy Ghost, it's to teach you all things. It's to bring you into greater truth. Thank God for what you have tonight. But God's got way more for all of us tonight than what we're experiencing tonight. And I'm thankful for what he showed me tonight and where I'm at tonight. But I'm also excited about what the future holds. What more will he reveal to me? How much closer will I get to him? And how would God use me in in different situations, Lord, that you may be calling me into? this is why we never get bored serving God because you never get it all you can't come to a place in your walk with God if I could be honest with you tonight about my second year into serving God I remember walking outside my house I said God I think I got this (laughs) God in his kindness said what about your temper (laughs) And he did name about 10 other things, by the way. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> See, we can think we've arrived. But he may remind us, no, you're still a work in progress. I'm still working on you. There's things I, I want to bring out in your life. Do you realize that God has an end for you in ministry what I mean by that is he's he's got a place for you and this is all preparation to get you to that place where that ministry is being used and worked and developed and souls are coming in i believe every ministry is about winning the loss everything has to come down if I'm going to have a relationship with god it's got to be i got to be conscious of the loss who's around me who could I witness to who could I share with could I go pray for you could i could I go to the hospital because I heard your dad was in there could we go together and pray The opportunity, God is going to open doors of opportunity for you. If you only wait for something to happen inside these four walls on a Sunday and a Thursday, you're kind of missing the mark completely. I want ministry outside the four walls. Ministry is going to happen in here. We're going to come together and we're worshiping, we're praying, and we're fasting. Surely God's going to show up. See, that's kind of simple, isn't it? But where I really want him to work in my life is in the harvest where the lost are at and where I can work with them and minister to them and pray with them. We, we live in a hurting world. I was dealing with an, an older couple stopped by my house. I witnessed to him at storage, prayed with him in the storage units. He's 80 some years old, just turned 83, I think. He's a doctor. Retired doctor, and we've been we just made really good friends and and working with him and and he just stopped by the house. I gotta see you. Oh no, you don't. This is an an appointment with God, and I'm gonna lay hands on you and I'm gonna pray for you. And I wouldn't let him leave till we laid hands on him and begin to pray for him. See, it's recognizing this is what this is all about. I'm glad to visit with you, but I got something else in mind before you get out that door. I want you to have an encounter with God. Soul winning, I believe, has to become a way of life. It's a way of life. Every day, wherever I go. Now, I'm not talking about forcing something to happen, because I've done that too. But I've learned that it's a lot easier if, if God opens that door. Their heart is already prepared, and you just simply need to step through. We did a garage sale. Brother Zaria was helping me in the last hour of our garage sale, everything's free because what they don't understand is either you take it to Goodwill or I do. <laughs> it goes to your house. So this lady stops by and she says, what are you doing? What are you doing? I said, I'm kind of like, whoa. Uh, just giving stuff away. Why? Well, it just seems like a good thing to do. And so as she, I give her a box and she's loading up. She starts telling me about how bad her life is. She lost her husband eight years ago, and it's been tough, and she just went through all kinds of stuff. I said Azario, come here. I said, Could we two lay hands on you? Can we begin to pray with you right now? She said, sure. And, and God touched her. She said, that's the Holy Ghost, isn't it? I said, that's the Holy Ghost. That's what God's wanting to do in your life. Now, notice how simple that was. The, just being open, you're going to start pouring your heart out. God must have a plan that he wants you to to be touched, ministered, bring revelation. OK, so let, let's just keep in that vein, that, that mindset when I'm going somewhere on a job that, that God helped me. OK, let's go get back to Deuteronomy. That, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God, keep all his statutes and commandments, which I command thee, Thou and thy sons and thy sons' sons all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. Hear, therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that thou may increase mightily as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee, in a land that floweth with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Me and simple get along really good. Me and complicated, not so much. But me and simple get along really good. Now, I, I just want to show you some things that help me. Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. You will never find capital G-O-D with an S at the end of it. Because they're just It's singular, not plural. Okay. The Bible is not incorrect. It's just that people look at things incorrectly. And they take verses and they read them assuming that's what it says. But when you slow down and read it just real slow, you know what you find out? Oh, that didn't say that at all. I just assumed that there. I was told that's what that meant. So we got to kind of read it slow and, and, and let God speak to me. Okay. Now, remember John 14, 26. I'm going to give you the Holy Ghost to lead you into all truth. That means there's some things I need to learn. Let me ask you a question. Are you teachable? I, I can't learn if I'm not teachable. If I know everything, I'm not teachable. But if I'm teachable, God, talk to me. Yes. Help me. I, I have learned so much being here and hearing elder Hart preach. I, I'm telling you, I have taken a lot in. I'm excited every time I come. I bring a paper and pen, and when I forget my pen, I scramble all over this place till I find one. <laughs> and sure enough, he'll say something I want to write down, and I ain't got a pen on me. <laughs> Notice, God's got more for me. I want it. Now, understand, sometimes the word of God can be hard. It can cross our thinking sometimes. But the word of God has to have the final say. Yes. Yes, it must. Have you ever had anybody teach you something that you found out later was wrong? There's a lot of well-meaning people, so I'm not here to bash anybody, but they... Told you their experience or the extent of what they knew, but it really wasn't biblical. Have you had anybody tell you this? The Bible said, "God helps them that helps themselves." Anybody ever have that? Yeah, yeah. Just look that up. It ain't there. Bible, no, it's not in it. So, and I only say that because well-meaning, but wrong. And so, sometimes when we hear things in Scripture. They may sting a little bit because it goes contrary to what I've heard. So I have to come back and say, but if it is thus saith the Lord, I want to walk in it. Amen. If it's the truth of God's word, then I want to walk in it. So let's keep going. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Amen. Let's go now to Isaiah forty-three, ten and 11. And I think it becomes important as we kind of look at some of these things uh, to know who he is. How many of you read in scripture where the disciples asked Jesus, why do you teach in parables? You have got to have a hunger for the things of God if you want God to bring you revelation and understanding. Religion is very happy to just take things how they like it. But in that personal relationship with God, I have to allow him to speak to me. In religion, it's not him speaking to you and you making change. Change is a major part of every Christian's life. You're never going to stop changing. Had a precious family we won out of a barn, homeless, three children. About 10 years of pastoring that family, and they'd come a long ways, and we had a Christian school. The kids were in the school doing great. Remember, I was sharing with the wife about something that needed to change. You know what she said? She said, Pastor, you've got all the change out of me you're going to get. See, I can't have that attitude. Because living for God will be constantly about making changes in my life that take me from carnality to walk in the Spirit. And there's going to have to come a change in how I deal with people. And we all come to God with a lot of rough edges. I've made a lot of mistakes serving God, I've witnessed way too bold, way too cruel. But you know, I think I'm getting it down now. I <laughs> Got a pretty good approach now. And I'm laying hands on people. And God's working and moving. But I'd rather make some mistakes along the way than do nothing. Come on. I'd rather make some mistakes along the way, learning how to do it, because my heart is I want to reach people. I want to minister to people. I want to be a servant, and I want to serve people. So God, help me as I... Hit my head on the wall and fall down and all the stuff that's going to happen and get me back up and brush me off. And I ain't saying that again. You may not be so blessed, but I've had to go back to people who I knocked on their doors. And I was just way too rough. They ask a simple question. And in my zeal, uh, I clobbered them. Now, I thought I'd done a pretty good job personally. But on the way home, God said, what would you do that for? What do you mean? That's what the scripture says. Even my brother-in-law said, yeah, way to go and high five. (laughs) God was not giving out high fives that day. (laughs) You know what he was giving out? You're going to go back and apologize to her. And I did. I begged for forgiveness. I begged for another chance. She didn't give me that chance. See, I learned. I learned. Okay. Calm down, Fido. Calm down. (laughs) Just breathe and then share a little bit. Breathe some more. You know, I mean, because I go about 110 miles an hour. So I have to pull it back. See the change? From going so fast and wanting to get everything, man, I want you baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost by the next three seconds. Hurry up, come on! What are we waiting on? It doesn't work that way. And I had to learn to be patient, learn to be learned kind. Also, had to learn they can only take so much at a time. We keeping them up back here, but I'm still trying to get to oneness. <laughs> uh, and, and so, what I had to learn was to be sensitive enough to the Holy Ghost when He said they've had enough. Not talk about fishing or hunting or <laughs> cars or something because you've given them as much as they can digest right now. And they're going to have to think about this. And things are going to have to roll over in their spirit, but they'll open back up again later, maybe a day later, maybe a week later. while they've had time for God to deal with them and think about it. And they'll, they'll come back to that. And they may ask you, you know, you were talking about this the other day. And, yeah, well, you know, I didn't really get to finish, but look, can I share some more with you? And so, but, but again, this is why you have to study to show yourself approved. Um, there are several groups that knock doors quite heavily in the community. And I encourage my people to answer the door. I say we're going to find out what you know. Because <laughs> you think you know quite a bit. But when you got somebody that in their doctrine is pretty strong, let's see where you're at. And, and the reason that I like that. Because sometimes I said, man, I got a lot more studying to do. (laughs) I I thought I had this down pretty good. But what really happened was I don't know it like I thought I knew it. So notice what it was. It it was just an educational thing more than anything else. And it really wasn't about the people that knocked on my door. It was more about, okay, God, I got a little more studying to do. I didn't have some answers that I should have had and, and could have had had I just taken that time. So, again, it's, it's all this, everything that happens in your life is God working for your benefit. Please understand, God always has your best interest at heart. You may say, really? You know what kind of trial I'm in tonight? You know what I'm going through tonight? You know how broke I am tonight? You know how much pain's in my body? Yeah. But he's got you right where he wants you yes. for right now. And some of it has to happen to get your attention to share with you where change needs to come in. Because if we're on the go a lot, we don't really get to stop in here. So God allows things to come into my life sometimes to slow me down where he can speak to me, where he can talk to me. And, and, and. Now notice, because he loves me. It's not about punishment and and, and 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 all of that. He said I love you so much if you keep going like you're going you're going to crash and burn. So what I got to do is I got to get your attention cuz you're kind of you mean well but you're really going down a wrong road. And if you stay on that road you're going to crash. He loves me enough to get my attention that I can get back on dead center in my relationship with him. I don't believe any of us just maliciously, you know, want to walk away from God. It it just starts out with things that I get involved in that I really shouldn't be involved in. And God has to come back and deal with me. You're taking way too much time there. We're all different tonight. And we all have different. See, if I preached on gaming tonight, I could probably get crucified before this place got out of here. Because I don't game. But because I don't game doesn't mean I don't have challenges in life, and it doesn't mean there isn't things that God has to work on in my life. We're all different. I really like to get back to this, but just a second. There are people. If you hand me a deck of cards and I shuffle them, it don't mean nothing to me. But somebody addicted to gambling, you hand in that deck of cards? Oh another world. See, that's why you can't judge other people. In the fact that I can't believe they do that. Well, the reason, the reason I believe that we all have our challenges in life is it keeps us praying and close to God. See, if I had no challenges, if I could handle everything without any problem, do you think we'd really pray? But because, God, I need you in this area of my life. God, I want your help. I can conquer this thing. This thing doesn't have to be a nightmare in my life anymore. Lord, I can learn how to let go of bitterness. Lord, I can learn how to love. I can learn how. See what I'm saying? And God working on us. You know, uh, Autumn and I have the same birthday. There's things I have to work on. Because of my childhood and where I come from, Do you know that I could cut you off in a heartbeat and walk away? It was my survival skills as a boy growing up in a broken home and violence and guns. That's how I coped. My dad walked out when I was in the third grade. Never saw him for 24 years. How do you cope? Cut him off. Cut him off. He's dead in my mind. He's gone. Never called. Never sent a birthday card, nothing. Do you realize God has to keep working with me in those areas? Is this too real? I'm just trying to help you. See, we're all human here. We're all human. And, and, we, and, and I guess where we're headed with this is... One brother may have a struggle in one area, but every brother's got a struggle. Come on. Every sister's got a struggle somewhere. Don't judge them about their struggle. Just pray about your struggle and pray for them and their struggle, and God will unite us, and together we're all going to be overcomers. Amen? We can't do this on our own. You got to look up the word together. 466 times, knit together, labor together. You know, everything's about doing this together. It's not me doing my own thing. We're in this thing together. We're going to be taken out of here together. And so when we realize that, I'm not here to to condemn my brother because he's got some type of challenge or hang up or my sister does this or does that. Pray for him. Try to use a little mercy. Try to use a little kindness. Uh, Remember, what you praise, you get more of. You could go up and praise somebody and they're going to walk away from them things sooner sometime than they would if you condemned them. What you praise. Remember, death and life are in the power of the tongue. What you praise. You want somebody to change? Praise them. But they're not behaving. Praise them. What would it hurt to try? What do you got to lose if it ain't working now? I've learned in the millennial generation have been beat down so bad. Many of them. That if you talk to them gruffly, they're gonna cut you off because that's all they know. It'll cut you off. But you find out, start praising them. Find one thing, find some simple thing. Hey man, what an awesome job you did on it! Man, I really appreciate you taking care of that. I've watched it. I've in my last couple of years, I've worked for companies just to train. All I'm doing is training, training, and I'm training young guys. And this is what, and I, I watched it. Couldn't get anything out of them. Couldn't get them to work on time or anything. But I just started praising them. Found something they did good. I started praising them. Then the next thing come along and I praised them for that. And within six months, it turned the entire company around. How did that happen? We were praying. I agree. But also that, that God showed me you need to praise him. He's too beat down. You, you can't clobber him when he does something wrong. I would praise him. Then I could come back around with them and I say, do you think they're going to accept this? No, probably not. You're right. <laughs> Got to fix it. Am I making any sense? It, it's easy to be negative. You don't even have to think. You, you, it just can roll right out. Isn't it amazing to be positive, to be upbeat, to be an encourager? We need more Barnabas around here. He was an encourager, encouraging people and, 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 and just ministering. So it becomes important. Okay, Isaiah 43. You are my witnesses, saith the Lord. And my servants whom I have chosen. Now catch this, that ye may know, everybody say no, no. And, believe and believe me and understand, and understand. That, I that I am he. before me there was no God formed, no. neither shall there be after me. So nobody's going to no know Johnny come lately. No. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. He tells us in Isaiah 43. And Isaiah is so filled with who God is. So filled. Isaiah said, and, and that the Lord would come forth as a mighty man. I, I mean, that's pretty plain to me. That, that, that's, that this is what the Spirit of God would do. Let's go to John 4, 24. Now, for me. This is where I go immediately when I'm dealing with who God is. Or if somebody asks me, why do you believe in only one God? This is where I start taking them. This is to me so important for you to grab a hold of. God is a what? Let's let that sink in a minute. He's not a man. He is not a person. God is a spirit. Old Testament, New Testament. God is a spirit. I'm going to wrap this up. Everybody say figures of speech. speech. When we go into Exodus, we find out that at the Red Sea, That God caused the wind to come and the the sea rolled back and children of Israel went on dry ground. The next chapter, Moses and Aram, they begin to sing and to celebrate what God was doing and and the victory in the Red Sea. And they make this statement. And with the nostrils of God, he blew and the sea rolled back. Everybody say "figure figure of speech. A spirit doesn't have a nose. See, we read a verse like that and we assume immediately when we talk about and even in that set of verses that talked about the right hand of God. Remember, right hand means power and authority because God is a spirit. God doesn't have a right hand or a left hand. It's amazing where he said, and with the finger of God finger means authority. It means the power of God. It wasn't a literal finger. It is a figure of speech. That you and I could understand when they wrote a song, when they began to worship. That's how they identified it. Why? God is a spirit. Okay, let, let's quickly, let's go to uh, Luke 24, starting in verse 36. I want This is where I take people, because if we can determine, as the scripture teaches, that God is a spirit, then what's going to happen is it gets easier for you to explain this. I I don't wrestle with this at all because the scripture is so clear and so plain. Luke 24. Okay, we're getting there. Thirty six. This is after Jesus has been crucified. He's resurrected. He's now going to appear to the disciples. Now, notice what he said. And as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and saith unto them, peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted. Now catch this. And suppose they had seen a spirit. And he said unto them, why are ye troubled and why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet that it is I myself handle me and see. Now catch this. For a spirit hath not flesh and bone, as you see me have. God is a spirit; he has no flesh and bone. Okay, so when they talk about the right hand of God, it deals with his power and authority. When they talk about the finger of God, it's his authority. How about in Chronicles where the eyes of the Lord run to and fro? You think there are two eyeballs just bouncing all over the earth? Mom, 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 mom. No, it's a figure of speech. God sees all. He's everywhere. He knows all. But th- in order for you and I to grab some type of comprehension, the writer said the eyes of the Lord run to it. But he didn't mean it was a physical being. God is a spirit. God is a spirit. Okay? So handle me and see. Okay. So, so when I go from there. Now, time is late, so we've got to stop. But uh, Colossians chapter 1, 13 through 15 uh, begins to talk about how God is a spirit. What I wanted to do tonight was take you through a number of verses, six of them, that deal with no man has seen God at any time. God is a spirit. God is invisible. That it tells us over and over, you can't see him. Because he's a spirit. Now, I can feel the spirit. So the only way you're ever going to see God is in the man Christ Jesus. Matthew 26, 64. Can you go to that? This is one of those verses you've got to get everybody to slow down for a minute, okay? This is where Jesus is getting ready to be crucified. Are you the son of God? And he answered him. Jesus saith unto him, thou hast said, nevertheless, I say unto you, hereafter shall you see the son of man Sitting where? On. It doesn't say beside. See why you got to slow down? People assume when they read that verse that Jesus is sitting beside God. But he can't because God is a spirit. He is sitting on. He's sitting on the throne. Now, that word on is an interesting word. It means ek, In the Greek, it means to proceed out of. So Jesus is sitting on the throne and the spirit of God is proceeding out of him, ministering and touching and healing and delivering whatever needs to take place. Notice on the right hand of power. It doesn't even say he's on the right hand of God. He's on the right hand of power. God is a spirit. He's everywhere. And he's, he's in that right place of authority where he needs to be. Make any sense, see when you start slowing down, no beside in there, never in the King James Version, when you read any of these verses that that deal with him it 's always on it 's never beside beside would change some things wouldn 't it but see it doesn 't say that people will implicate that that 's what it means, but that 's not what it says at all he 's sitting on. And the Spirit of God is proceeding out of him, ministering and touching and working. So when we begin to understand that, a lot of times when I'm working with people, I go to these type verses right away because these are the ones they're going to try to use on me. So I said, I'm going to be first. That's what Charles Mahoney did. He always said, I'm going to go there first. <laughs> and they'd say, You can't do that. That's my verse. No, no, this is mine. I'm here first. <laughs> You'd be amazed. If you'll study and just see what the scripture says. Because I still can't read fast today, 40 years later. I still don't read fast today. I don't even try to tell you the truth. I want to go real slow through this thing. I want to give him time to talk to me. I want him to show me things, God. You know I'm not an educated man, Lord, but revelation comes To those that are willing to sit in your presence and you could speak to them. See, this thing ain't based on education because sometimes we think, well, you know, I didn't even graduate. Well, Tom Barnes went to third grade. (laughs) You'll see a lot of people used mightily by God that wouldn't probably fit in what you would think in their background, their education. Remember when we started this thing? Are you available? See, God uses people like me because I let, made myself available. What do you want, Lord? What do you got for my life? What do you want me to do? What's the direction? The Lord has helped us plant several churches, and I'll get calls from men I know, and, what are you doing? What are you doing? I want to do that. And I said, well, I don't know if it'll work in your city or not. You ever try prayer and fasting? <laughs> you ever try getting a hold of God for your city? Just because this works for me here doesn't automatically mean you can duplicate what I'm doing. Because God sent me into this city to do this ministry. That's why I'm here. I don't know why God sent you into your city, but you need to stay. See, people, many times it's easier just to get on a plane and go to conferences and get inspired than get in a prayer closet for the next three days. <laughs> I know men who, that's how they live. It's from one conference to the next. And that's how they try to survive. I don't want to have to depend on one conference after the next. I want to get into a place where he can talk to me, where he can begin to lead me and to guide me. I believe that you have a hunger for God tonight. And I believe that God wants to help somebody tonight in in, in where you're at and what you're going through. But you are important tonight and you count in the kingdom of God. You may not have counted out there, but in the kingdom, you count. You're important to God. That's why He called you. He chose you. You know, I look around and I say, God, you could have chosen these guys smarter and this guy's this and that guy's that. He said, I didn't want them. I want you. You're here by divine appointment of God trying to help somebody realize you're not an accidentally got here and you're not an accident that you're here. You're here by a divine appointment of God because he's wanting to take you somewhere in the Holy Ghost and in the work of the kingdom. Would you be willing tonight to to just submit to that? And just say, God, whatever you've got for me. I'm willing to walk in that change me, God. If there's areas in my life that need to change for this to happen, for this ministry to fulfill, God, I'm here. Talk to me about the change. Where does that change need to come in, God? Help me. I can't do this on my own, God. I don't have the talent. I don't have the ability, but God, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So I'm praying tonight in the name of Jesus that, God, I could open my spirit to you tonight and that, God, your spirit would begin to move on my spirit, God, and you would give me direction on what you've got for my life and where you're trying to work in my life, God. Here I am, Lord God. Here I am, Lord, in the name of Jesus.